Wake up! Wake up! Wake up, Daddy! Wake up, Mr. Wayne! This is Iris from Seattle. This is Ray from Chicago. And welcome to the Fatherhood Arise podcast. Where we talk about fatherhood stuff, Catholic dad stuff. We celebrate good dads here. Hey, dads, this is for you. Hey, what's up? And welcome to the Fatherhood Arise podcast. Nice to have you back. Ray, what's going on, man? Yo, what's up, man? Hey, everyone. Hey, and uh, yeah, dude, it's it's uh, it feels like it's been a while, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's it's been a while. It's getting hot. It's a summer. Can can we say that it's summer? It's it's summer. I right? think so. It's summer. It's summer to me. It's summer. It's summer to me. Yeah, hey, absolutely. welcome to summer, guys. Welcome to summer. There you go. And hey, all you summertime people, welcome. If this is your first time listening to the Fatherhood Arise podcast, welcome. This is where Ray and I talk about fatherhood stuff, Catholic dad stuff. We're celebrating good dads here. And uh, if you've been with us for a long time, um, we appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, one of the great things is uh, Ray and I are not alone today. We have a guest. I'm super excited for our guest today. This is a, this is like a long time waiting. Um, so, uh, this, uh, this episode, we have Pidong Federico Villamayor from Houston, Texas. Now let me tell, let me, before I, before he starts talking, I'm going to tell you guys a couple things about Pidong. Um, so Pidong was a winner of a father hoodie. That's like the, and he, That's he was right, sporting he was. the father hoodie. Yeah. And he looked way better in a father hoodie than anybody I know. Um, Padong's right. been married for 14 years to his beautiful bride, Janelle. He has two children, Enzo, who's 12 and Lara, who's nine. And he hails from Houston, Texas. Welcome Pidong. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that introduction, Iris. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I, I did see some pictures of you with that father hoodie. I think you cut off the sleeves just to show off your, <laughs> you know, your arms. I'm so used to just saying I'm large, right? I'm, my size is large. And, and definitely, I, I kind of, maybe I'm in denial that I have my father bod growing also. <laughs> so, so that kind of, it was kind of a, a little bit tight, but it's not too tight that maybe I could, uh, it could motivate me to kind of lose a few. So it'll yeah, it's like an aspirational hoodie now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no man, no, no, no. You you don't do that. You you blame your you blame your dryer. Uh, That's what I do. Uh, yeah. My uh, dryer I, is broken. I wish I could say that, but I I wore it as soon as I got it. It was one of my kind of <laughs> proud moments. And you know what? Uh, just a small note. The last time I won something, Iris was part of that picture as well. It was a. It was a trip for two to see to Seattle at Snoqualmie Lodge. Remember that, Iris? What? That's the I first. I do remember that. Uh, that's the first time I've met Iris, and then the next win that I've ever had in a drawing was a father hoodie. So actually, wait, wait, wait a minute. That sounds fishy here. That sounds fishy. Did you pick? No, you, you know, pick his name. Pidong is uh, Pidong is like the luckiest guy I know. He's won like oh, a man. ton of things. He like wins all these raffles and and all these prizes. And one of them was a was a trip to Seattle. Yep. Uh, like a romantic getaway to like a really nice place. Well, and what wait, I, I, I didn't I didn't even hear about this contest. Oh I, yeah. What, this what, was what how was many this? years ago? Fifteen this was, years ago. 
no, probably more than that. It was still late late nineties, I think. Because yeah, I was, it was in the late nineties. Yeah, it was it was from uh, and uh, it was a, a modem. Remember the fourteen point four baud modems back then? <laughs> it was so brand new wow. that they they were saying, "Oh, ride the wave, the wave of the internet," and that was <laughs> yeah. So when that came you out, you guys are dating yourself. Man. Exactly. So when that came out, they said uh, the first prize was a trip to Hawaii. That's why I ride the wave. The second prize, that's the one I won. It was a trip to to Seattle. And uh, they put us in Snoqualmie Lodge on top of the waterfalls. Which is beautiful. Oh, my gosh. That's a beautiful place. Yes. Uh, Too bad we ended up sleeping over at (laughs) Iris' house. Yeah, I stayed at my house instead. (laughs) Instead? Oh, man. You and your brother came. It was awesome. That's right. It was like the first time I met you formally. When you said romantic getaway, (laughs) it was with my brother because, you know, what can we do? We were single at the time. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, that was great. That was great. Uh, Ray, do you have any um, memories of Pidong? Oh no, uh, I got, I, I got, I got a ton. I got to, um, I got to filter <laughs> through this, uh, these stories. But man, it's always, it's always great to see Pidong. It's just that connection of that, that Bisaya connection. That's right. Every single time we see each other, <laughs> it just comes out. It just comes out that way. I don't know why. Yeah, I'm gear shifting every time I see Ray. <laughs> but recently, no. Uh, back then, I would I would feel like I, I miss so much uh, speaking with a Bisaya person, and so Ray and and Kathy, his brother, would be uh, the people that I kind of look forward to speaking Bisaya to. But now it's like, oh man, I guess I'm in a, an English speaking family. I, uh, it's so hard to <laughs> gear know. shift now. I yeah, know. yeah, I, I hear you. Yeah, I need practice. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe maybe after the podcast, yeah, you guys can talk all the Bisaya you want. That's right. Um, Say goodbye. So, <laughs> Say goodbye. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna transition, guys, and uh, we're gonna have a ton of Pidong stories. Pidong oh, no. is one of those guys in my life that yeah, just brings a ton of joy. Ever, ever since uh, from the first time I met him, and all the years that we served together, we've done music ministry together. Mm-hmm. Um, He's always brought a ton of joy, a lot of laughter, and um, just some down-to-earth faith. And uh, and so I think you guys are going to enjoy hearing Pidong's stories today as he takes us through a lot of things in his life. But in this first part of the show, we always share a fatherhood story, just kind of keeping it real. real life of dads hey ray do you have a story this week yeah iris i do i do have a story a real quick one actually it's a it's a just actually happened uh tonight i've noticed i've noticed that i um i'm a strict dad when it comes to bedtime routine and when they're not in their bed at a certain time i kind of get mad right but i have this awkward moment where i want to say good night to them but i'm still mad you know i see you know i kind of say hey what are you guys doing you're, you're supposed to be sleeping but then all of a sudden you can't just say okay kids good night after you're like yelling at them right because i kind of have to be stern because they're fooling around or um they're still up and they're supposed to be in their beds so i found a great trick now that i'm, I'm gonna start doing is that I'm gonna start yelling at them like the usual, <laughs> the usual, the usual uh, nagging, saying, "Hey, go to bed. You're supposed to be sleeping. Or did you say your prayers? 
I'm just kidding. I don't have to say that <laughs> kind of like that. But now uh, what I've learned to do, here's a here's a life hack for dads. I close the door and I open it again and I <laughs> kind of freak them out and say, all right, kids, good night. <laughs> so it's like a reset button. And it, it, yeah, and they just start, just start laughing. They just start laughing. So they're like, okay, oh. good night, dad. And that's it. So it's a nicer way, I guess, of like saying good night to them instead of like ending it with, all right, you better be sleeping. Good night. No, no, no. It's a sweeter way. Close the door first and then reset and say, good night, kids. Oh, man. Daddy loves you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's that's my story. I know. Well, you, you just I know. I'm a strict dad. I'm sorry. on how my dad used to get mad. And <laughs> he, after yelling, right after yelling, he'll be like, okay, let's pray the rosary. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> yeah like just like that like how do you yeah. transition from transition that because there's no door to slam like you there's no door. <laughs> exactly no, it's that's true right. it's that yeah that's totally the real life right there i i what i do is i do breathing exercises like okay i know we're all mad everybody's upset let's just take a couple deep breaths and then we just do some um breathing together and then i say good night Nice. So no, no, because we're in a we we have an open door policy mm. where everybody's door is open. Oh really? Oh, My wife nice. and I's nice door room. is open. Their their doors are open. It's a bad policy. No, I, I like that policy, and we've tried to do that here, but somehow. My 12-year-old is beginning to close doors, so... Yeah. That's a good, that's a good rule to implement, especially going towards teenage years. Kind of want to build that up while they're younger. Good luck. Hmm. Yeah, but sometimes I need my door, my door <laughs> I know. closed, you know what I'm saying? There, there's a lock in my door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah. Right on. Okay, well, that's awesome. Uh, for me, uh, it's the end of the school year. It's the end of the school year, and uh, the end of the school year for my kids has been um, it's been a, a hard time of transitions. Mm. So I got three kids in school, and one of them did really great. He had awesome grades. He uh, told the girl that he liked that he had a crush on her, and uh, and he's like enjoying his life he's ending elementary school and he's gonna move on to middle school and so he's got all these awesome things going on for him and then the, another kid is is like really struggling with with school at the very end and and so i'm like how do you mm. how do you balance a kid who's super happy and then a kid who's super sad and uh and how do you navigate all of that um and so I was actually, I didn't really know what to do. So I, I kind of just focus on the good, mm -hmm. <laughs> like the kid who's doing good. And so, um, my, one of my sons, he got, um, he got into all honors classes for middle school and, uh, and I'm like, yes, we finally have a good Asian. <laughs> <laughs> It's about time. <laughs> We've been just like, okay, Asians. And uh, now we're like, we have a good Asian who's getting all A's and is going to go to honors classes. And, uh, and we're feeling pretty good about that. And then for the rest, I'm just like, I'm not, I'm just not going to touch it. I'm going to ignore, I'm going to, we're not going to talk about it. Cause I don't really know how to deal with, uh, their, their disappointments. So, uh, maybe in a week, 
maybe in a week I'll talk to them uh. about like, hey, it seemed like it was rough the end of the school year, but now we're in summer, so yeah, you know, like give, give them space. Um, but yeah, so I, was, I actually had like a weird time trying to balance. So you just ignored um, so. the other son that, that wasn't doing well? Was, is that what you're I saying? Mean, I, I mean, we just didn't talk about it. We were just like, hey, I'm going to celebrate. I was like, hey, uh, school's over. Great job. What was the best part of uh, school being over? And one was like, oh, I got all A's. And the other said, like, it sucks. And I said, <laughs> all A's, huh? All A's. Cool. And just let the other thing just like just pass right over me. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's a hard one. What do you do? What do you do? I'm gonna that? circle back to that in a week. That's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, that's that's worth a discussion in itself. And you made me think about my son and my daughter because Enzo did come in. The older one came in and did say, "Yeah, I was all straight A's this year, Dad." Okay, but I, I kind of started learning to say, "Okay, so how do you feel? Are you proud of yourself?" As opposed to, "I'm proud of you." I wanted him to kind of start. Uh, yeah, that's good. Uh, so I wanted him to kind of start just affirming himself and wouldn't need anybody's affirmation well my daughter however she don't care <laughs> well <laughs> well lara has autism right so to her grades it doesn't really mean anything to her but we did we this year we were so proud um we that's the girl that's the child we always tell that we're always proud of her i guess we're overcompensating yeah. but but yeah we saw her grades actually getting to the median um it's a different um uh what do you call this she, they're completely different so whatever i say to one or the other it doesn't really feel like it's uh choosing one over the other they they're completely just mm -hmm. different you just showed bts on one side and she'll be all happy <laughs> already right and the other one you give sticks and he'll just bang on the drums he'll just be happy <laughs> yeah completely different yeah that that's um that's a good way to to deal with it because i think anytime i talk to my the the three boys Whatever I say, each one of them thinks I'm talking to them, even if I'm Same only talking to one. Yeah, yeah and it's it, and so it drives everybody crazy because I would say, "Hey, pick up your underwear," and, and then two of them would be like, "I already <laughs> picked it up. <laughs> what are you talking about?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I wasn't talking to you. Or, or if you uh, like give a compliment to one, it's like, "How about me, Dad? What didn't you see me do this?" And I'm like, "I wasn't talking to you, man." <laughs> but sure. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So that's that's how that goes. Oh man. Well, that's good, man. How about you, Bedong? Uh, I guess that that's the same thing. Um, with Lara, I, I I try to notice also. She does. She, sometimes she does notice, and she'll be like, "Look at me, Dad. Look at me." Whenever um, Enzo and I are recording or doing mm. our own thing, because Enzo and I bond in a different way, right? Um, we bond on activities. Uh, but it's hard for me to have that same bonding with my daughter. So my daughter becomes more of a affectionate mm. bonding, like, uh, oh, give me hugs. Give me, oh, I'll sit down with you. Maybe I'll read a book or whatever. Um, so I guess she sees that sometimes. And it's it's hard for me sometimes to, to kind of adjust because um, her communication skills are not up to par that you could understand exactly what she's feeling. She could say mm. one thing but mean yeah. another like today, uh, I was driving her to her camp. Uh, she, they're already in summer camp, and 
she was saying, stop, dad, stop. I'm like, stop what? Stop driving. I'm like, why? Uh, you're not listening to me. Uh, you're hurting me. I'm like, hurting you? Am I hurting you? No. And I'm like, okay, so I'm not hurting you. No. You're hurting. Like, it's, it's like, what, what is that really yeah. happening? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and looking, looking back, I think I realized why. She was getting annoyed because she was on her iPad and my car was... Uh, it kept moving. It kept bump, moving, yeah. yeah. And then, so I drop her off in, in her camp and she's crying and yelling at me. And so I look like the, the dad who kind of... Um, something happened, right? <clears throat> well, the good thing is it's a... It's a camp for for uh, kids with also with with autism. So, I guess I figured if there's anyone who would understand, <laughs> it would be them. So I didn't have to put up a face as saying, you know, like I don't know, whatever. I'm like, just I think you guys know how to deal with this. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, that's I guess that's part of the challenges uh, that I have. Um, but I don't see it as a challenge. It's adorable to me. <laughs> On the other hand, I think uh, my my wife sees it completely in a different lens. Of course, it's um, being a nurse. I think she she gets all the stress already from work, and then when she gets this um, language barrier, uh, there's going to be frustration, right? Mm. It's already language barrier be- between me as a Bisaya guy, and <laughs> 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 that's that's the thing with with us dads, right? We got to nav- navigate through this and trying to feel out the the room um and at the same time being kind of self-aware as well of, as as to the, the the temperature of the room in that sense right so uh this is kind of the topic that we're going to talk about here as uh, iris mentioned we're gonna have we have a lot of stories about bidong we kind of we grew up uh, basically all together in different states but we've mm-hmm. known each other for for a while now and uh, yeah so as we transition into this part of the segment where we talk about the uh, the topic at hand about fatherhood about uh, going through some storms about navigating through these sometimes rough waters right um where where do we draw our strength from mm. but before before that i want to ask you pedong fatherhood what does it mean to you what what does dad life mean to you what's i guess maybe a question what's what's your favorite part about fatherhood oh okay so i, I kind of thought about this a little bit um i have these conversations with my boss or whoever father figure i have but i think to me it's continuity or payback or <laughs> or making things better of what what my father didn't get to do right you know like correcting things mm-hmm. and kind of proving that mm. Maybe I've learned something from the way I grew up and I could apply it and get um, my children to be better than me, right? And, and in other ways, it's kind of my, my contribution to a better society. I mean, uh, one of the biggest problems with, with crime, right, or people who are in jail a lot of times, when it's, it, ha- it has something to do with not having a father or having a uh, not a very good father figure. So... I feel like it's a serious um, responsibility and role because we are kind of directly responsible for having a better society by raising children that could fit and and shape the the society in the future, right? Uh, I guess that's that's kind of my view of it. 
and and to me also it's my connection to my childhood stuff that i wish i did mm. um you know growing up sometimes there were things like i wish i had like certain toys or whatnot of course i don't want those anymore but now i kind of Living through uh, your child, is that through, what? Yeah. yeah. I feel like I'm going through childhood again every time I'm with my children. Mm. With, yeah, yeah, yeah. with Lara, it's different. I could baby talk, whatever, you know, and I not feel, not feel like I'm judged, right? Or I could, I could, I could discover new things. Uh, I'll give an example. Like yesterday, uh, for this past few days, um, one of our friends, Kenneth uh, Alamo, you guys know him, he was introducing foreign exchange trading, right, Um, to us uh, somehow. And we got interested. I got interested. And Enzo was like, Dad, I want to buy this mixer. It just so happened that Enzo loves the same uh, electronic equipment as I do. So (laughs) he was like, I want to get that. Like, "I, I can't afford that right now. Well, I'll make the money. Okay, how would you make money? Just so happened, Kenneth talked about <laughs> trading. <laughs> and he was like, oh, I'm interested in that. I just want a few thousand dollars to buy this one. I'm like, okay. so He's doing day so, trading? Yeah, so, so basically, here's what I figured. If him, at 12 years old, if he could learn this and he can show that he can make money i wouldn't have an excuse to not learn it right uh, to, uh i have to i have to try it and that's right wow. and if right uh, at least it's not not as an obsession but as something to do on the side or or something to challenge the yeah. way you think uh or something new for you to learn right and if if enzo who's 12 years old can can show me that you know somebody his age can do it then I, be, I better be able to do it too. So that's also my way of, of learning new things. I let him start it first and then I'll follow up. He's the one who learned how to do the recording thing with GarageBand and now Adobe Premiere. And because he does it, I kind of jump in and ask like if through a child's eyes, right? How, how do you learn this thing? So if, if you make it look so easy, maybe I could be, I should be able to do it too. So, it is a connection to childhood and to learning new things for me too. Yeah, that's awesome. I saw, I saw the Instagram post with that. I actually was oh, talking to Ken also, <laughs> and I was like, "Hey, that's interesting." When, when's his next class? Um, when is but this? another topic yeah. for another time. I know, right? No, we just look at YouTube. <laughs> Everything's on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you you mentioned your dad mm-hmm. and how you you're trying to kind of improve upon your experience of, of, of like being fathered. Did you grow up with like a strict upbringing or was it pretty loose or involved? What was that like? I would say it's, it's more, more, um, something of lack of, of connection or communication Mm -hmm. maybe. Um, one of the stories I usually tell people about me growing up is that my dad the only time I would remember him talk to me is if he needs to yell at me or tell me I did something wrong, right? Um, mm. If I would ask him, hey, dad, I'll try to connect. What does this word mean? Like, I, I'll learn, like, a new word, right? What does this mean? And go, I don't know. Look in the dictionary. You know, that's it. It's all... I wouldn't say it's it was the wrong way, right? Because, honestly, I wouldn't be where I am now if... if if I grew up differently. Uh, so that's the kind of uh, thoughts I always have as a father. It's like, am I doing things wrong? Because I'm not doing what my dad did. And I think I'm, I'm pretty happy mm-hmm. where I am. 
um, am I supposed to have done the same things that he did? Um, so to, to ensure that my child would be in the same position. But of course, I would always think I want him to be in a better position. So the things that I <clears throat> think of a lot is how am I going to communicate with my children? And I catch myself all the time when I'm not listening to them. Self-awareness. Like, um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so hard. Um, my my uh, Consciously, I, I, of course, that's one thing I try to avoid. But time and again, my wife would be like, hey, your, your child is asking you something. Your child is, oh, 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 you know, like <laughs> I realize I, I phase out, I blank out. And Lara always says these words like, Dad, you're not listening to me. You're not listening to me. It may mean that that I don't understand her because sometimes I am. I she has my full attention, but but it kind of yeah. wakes me up every time mm -hmm. she says that. Like, oh man, am I on my phone? <laughs> am I, sure. you know, am I browsing something that I'm uh, I'm supposed to be listening to my child right now? But so it's it's that's how it is. It's my conscious connection to how I grew up and how I saw my my dad before. Of course, my dad is different now. You guys probably met him, right? Uh, and he's, oh, yeah. yeah, he's really tried to change, right? Um, and it made me go back to one things. One of the things that happened last week. I posted on a, on a, a public group on Facebook, um, have you ever heard your father say, I'm proud of mm -hmm. you, right? And that was mm -hmm. such a simple question because a friend of mine posted, but his question was more of, any of my Asian friends who have Asian dads who grew up in Asia ever told you that he was proud of you? 100% said no. But here was more of a diverse group. It was a Generation X group, right? Sure. <laughs> I'm dating myself. And you could tell it's, it's, it's very diverse. The answer, because I wanted to know if it was cultural or generational. And, and it, was, it was very interesting responses. I had like over 700 responses on that. And I read every single one of them. Some of them would, wow. yeah. Just, I didn't realize that that was a trigger. People connected with that question and resonated. Like people would say, oh, hell no, or, right? Like straight up or father, what father, mm. right? Uh, it was wow. so sad reading those. And there was a, uh, there was people, there were people who would say, oh yeah, he, he told me he was proud of me. And then a week later he died. And not, that wasn't just a single, a single example. A lot of them wow. had that too. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Oh my gosh! Uh, so there's a direct correlation, perhaps. I, maybe, maybe, saying, maybe he knew. I'm proud of you, and then dying. Yeah, I wonder if there was like a, a feeling of mortality, and he had to mm -hmm. say it. And there were part. There were people who would say like, "Yeah, uh, he said it," but um, I felt like it, my mom forced him, mm, right? Or it wow. was forced. Not really coming from that. Here's what exactly. But here's what I thought, right? Because my dad never said that either. But I never felt like he wasn't. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. And I think. Uh, like for us, and, and I was thinking about this too, that maybe because at that time, or some, some dads just are afraid to get uh, emotional because there are times that when you say that, or some people who would say that from the bottom of their hearts, they might break down and just, you know, because, yeah, you'll cry yeah. and it's like, uh, son, I don't think this is what you want to see <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your yeah. father just sobbing and telling you he's so proud of you, right? I don't know. Well, maybe it's just we're so guarded. Men are more guarded or we're trying to 
we're kind of trained to be uh, less emotional, right? Yeah. But and I think that's what my dad was. Uh, every time my dad would do something or say something heartfelt, he can't help but but be emotional and cry. <laughs> we mm. make fun of him actually for that. So <laughs> I'm wondering if that's what it is. It's not like I'm waiting for him to say it, right? Sure. It's, I wonder if it's like yeah. a generational thing too, where. They didn't hear it from their dads, and they don't know how. They want to say it, but they don't know how to communicate right. it. I want. I want to yeah, tell patterning. a quick. I want to tell, mm-hmm. uh, tell a quick story. Actually, I, Iris is probably um, uh, sick of me talking about my dad this way, but uh, it just reminded <laughs> me of this story of my my. I, I love all your dad's stories. Yeah. My younger brother and my my dad never communicated. And we never said "I'd love you" to each other mm-hmm. growing up. We never said the L word. I was always uncomfortable saying that. But um, when he was at his deathbed, uh, long story short, him and my younger brother had a fight before he went to the hospital. And it was a bad fight as in, and I can kind of reveal this, as in like my, my, uh, it was my brother's birthday and he, was, he wanted to go out with his friends. And my dad's like, no, it's, you know, we're going to celebrate uh, your birthday here and maybe you can hang out with them later. And it was a little bit of a scuffle. And then my dad said something that he shouldn't have said to my brother. And at that time, he was 18 years old. And he said, if I have a heart attack, it's going to be your fault. Oh, the next oh day, man. he went to the hospital. So my brother oh. has been carrying that. Again, long story short, my dad was in the hospital for eight months. And uh, he was very awkward being there with my dad. He spent time with him, but being there with my dad. My mom wanted me to tell my brother, like have a talk with my brother. And tell him to have a talk with my dad. I was kind of like the mediator. And I told him, you know, I, I want to make sure that you know that dad loves you. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know this. I know that already. And I'm like, no, 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 I want I want to make sure you hear his voice say it. I want to make sure that you hear his voice. I know, I know, I know that already. So anyway, we go up to the elevator. We we uh, we approach my dad and he's kind of like kicking me like, don't, don't bring it up, man. Don't Don't say anything. And again, you know, my dad was in his deathbed. He could still talk during that time, but I, I couldn't help myself as a big brother. I was just like, Dad, um, I know you love Ryan. I'm going to say his name. Yeah. I know you love Ryan. I just want to make sure that he knows that, that you love him. And he kind of just stared at the ceiling, my dad, and took a deep breath. And he just started saying, of course, of course I love you. You know I'm proud of you. You know, and then he started saying all these things, and mm. I couldn't help but like it's, someone was cutting onions during that in the hospital <laughs> room there. Um, but I wanted to make sure my my brother heard, and he was he was he was crying um, when he heard that. Sometimes we think that uh, kind of transitioning to my question to you, Pidong. Sometimes we think that like we know we know our heavenly Father loves us, mm-hmm. but there are times where we need to. We're, we're invited to that quiet time to reflect back and hear our Heavenly Father say, I love you. I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. And it's like a freeing thing. I know, you know, as I mentioned, we've grown up and we hear stories about, like we hear news and we, we try to keep connected as friends through social media stuff. But there was a time, I don't know how many years ago was that, Bidong, where I heard that you you had cancer, but I didn't hear much about it. Um, I want to, I kind of want to bring that up and, and, uh, invite you to tell your story during that time, uh, in, in your life. 
what was the Heavenly Father uh, saying to you during that time? And, and how were you feeling in your hearts as well as you were going through that ordeal? Well, I could, I could clearly say uh, one word that came to my mind was reassurance or assurance, right? Um, but w- when it all started, honestly, it, it wasn't even my story because that year, uh, when that year happened, 2015, uh, New Year's Eve, right? It wasn't even my story. New Year's Eve, somebody, call- one of our friends called us, Enzo's um, childhood friend, his age, right? He was six at the time. And um, uh, the dad called and said, hey, uh, Michaela uh, was rushed to the hospital and uh, they found out that she has uh, she she has a rare form of cancer in in her brain. And um, this is Enzo's friend, right? Six years old. And we always at their house. Uh, He teaches. He's the first drum teacher Enzo ever had. Mm -hmm. So that was my first um, the part of the story that was crazy. It didn't even feel like this is mine. Right. Because um, to me, as a father, the first thing that you think of is, oh, this is Enzo's age. It could have easily been my son. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. and that's, that was the biggest battle of, uh, I've, never, I've never had that feeling uh, of fear and um, just instability. It wasn't even my child, right? But it felt like it was. We were always around them. They were always with us. Um, even Enzo says that she's part of his band. They would always pretend they're the Fresh Beat band, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, so um, things progressed. We all we all knew it was kind of like a terminal um, thing, right? We just didn't know when it would happen. And as the year progressed, I remember praying. Like I always prayed for that little girl, and I always I remember saying like, if if I could carry some of that weight, please, mm. you know. Um, and then that time, I remember praying that um, we went on a vacation to Cancun, and I, when I, when right before we left, there was something in my throat. I had strep throat, and it was painful. I couldn't talk. It was a big like. Um, it's like a big lump in inside my throat, but it it was like uh, the pain was growing. But it was towards the end of the vacation, so when I came back, my, the first thing I did was fly out to o- Ohio, where my job was at that time. And can you imagine? I had I have I was nursing that that extreme form of of strep throat um, when I when I got to the to the hotel. Um, I felt like I made a mistake of coming to work, right? I mean, I'm away from my family, but I still went to work. And even my my manager was telling me, "Hey, just go back to the hotel, go and rest. We got this." Because when I talk, it felt it sounded like I had like a potato in my mouth or whatever. Right? And uh, you guys were ta- talking about sometimes we need to be in our quiet place, right? And uh, that was my quiet place, is that hotel room. But in that quiet place was was really tough because I couldn't sleep anyway because whenever I lie down and I start relaxing to fall asleep, what wakes me up is that my airway gets shut, oh. right? So I'm, it's like somebody suffocating me. Oh, so gosh. I had this fear that I'll die all of a sudden in my sleep, right? I couldn't breathe. So it was five days straight since Mexico that I haven't, I haven't slept, right? And 
I know it's it's strep throat because that's what the doctor said. We went to the ER a few nights before uh, and got a swab. It was positive. It was strep throat, right? So I knew what it was. But it was so painful. Like when you're quiet sitting there, all you feel is your blood pumping from your heart to your head and every single um, beat of your heart um, the pain that i feel in my in, in my throat f- comes from uh goes from a 10 to a 12 right wow. every beat and my of course I've, I've i've still been praying i remember my mom's words if you're suffering just offer it up don't don't let it go to waste so here i am you know uh, i'm trying to lift it up not for myself but maybe for somebody who needs all my prayers and all i thought the whole time was michaela mm. a little kid so i'm like you know lord if this is my way of carrying that weight so please you know wow. uh, hopefully yeah that's that's what it is and uh, i remember even thinking to myself like man this is five days lord you were suffering that whole day <laughs> going up to the cross <laughs> that was just one day <laughs> you know like, wait a minute. Thoughts. <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh, so uh anyway um that same day, uh, it was like towards the uh, the middle of the week in Ohio. I was just in the hotel room. I didn't go to work anymore. My my boss called and said, hey, I'm coming and I'm taking you to the ER. You don't have a choice. I'm taking you to the ER. Like, no, you don't have to. Uh, this will be okay, right? Anyway, right before he came, um, uh, I think I, I've, I've coughed up pus and blood and whatnot, right? And so I, it's usually... Uh, that's probably because there was like a buildup of the swelling was a buildup of pus. So it came out and the pain disappeared kind of not, not completely, but almost gone anyway. So he took me to the ER and he, when I, when I got to the ER, they put me under a, a CAT scan. I've, I was so drunk with painkillers at the time that I, I'm like, hold on, what's going on here? I, I felt like, um, there's something important going on here because I've never seen a CAT scan before. Mm. And in my head, I was thinking to my head, I'm like, oh, Lord, I think I know why I'm. Uh, you made me suffer. You forced me to come here. And in my head, I already knew there was something else, mm. right? And it's amazing how that is. But as soon as my head got in that CAT scan, I knew what they would find. And I knew that this was a way... Uh, the pain was a way that God was um, guiding me to, to, to this. And sure enough, the doctor says, you need to see an ENT tomorrow. It might be nothing, but just see, a, see him tomorrow. I'm like, okay. Uh, so basically they gave, they gave the ENT the records and all that. The ENT said, um, go back home to Houston and get a biopsy. And I'm like, I already know it's cancer. <laughs> I told oh. the doctor, well, well, let's not, let's not be hasty. I'm like, it's, it's okay. And in my head, all I'm thinking of was, I just told God that I'll, I'll, I'll carry that weight, right? Yeah, yeah. For that wow. little kid, at least for a little bit. Um, and I remember this, the craziest thing. I came home. Um, I got the autopsy. I've never experienced that before. Um, and then... That same, uh, the same day that I was getting the result, uh, the dad of Michaela called and said, Hey, Pidong, good news. Um, 
they saw the the chemo is helping and the her mm. her cancer is shrinking, right? Wow. And I'm wow. like, and I, and he I didn't tell him what was going on with me, and all I was thinking of was, oh God, you you really made it happen. I, I mean, people would could say that no, God would never would never um, put you in a position where you'd be in a bad place, right? Or, or it's fine. I'm okay with, with that too. But in my head, it, it was reassurance that, that there was this connection between uh, God was doing something, right? His hand was in something. And when I hung up the phone, I started crying. I was like, oh my gosh, Lord, I know what the results are going to be. And this was before the doctor called me, right? And the doctor called me that same day, like in a couple of hours after Rodney called, or the dad called. And, and I was like, oh, so you're telling me the results? And she goes, yeah. And I said, and she goes, I'm sorry to tell you, it's positive, huh? I have cancer. And it goes, huh? and then he goes, she goes, how'd you know? So is it, is it, is it positive? And she goes, yes. And I was like, thank God. Wow. And then she was so That was surprised. your reaction. Wow. <laughs> She was so surprised because I was like, "Thank God!" Like she's like, "What? What? What's going on? Why are you so happy?" Like, because um, I realized that this whole the suffering that I had go, gone through was not for nothing. Like I, I knew right away. It was reassuring to me. I knew right away that everything that I've gone through was had God's hand in it, and if His hands were in it. That means he had a plan anyway, and Amen. why would I wow. be worrying at that point? So, um, so it, it's like it, she was so surprised, and and at that time I was I was I had no fear, I had no worry whatsoever. I I knew so clearly, like when you look back, that's when you see your path, right? And you you realize like, oh my gosh, that if I did not have that much pain, I would not have gone through um through uh, the doctor and all that I, I would probably be like yeah i'll be fine but because yeah. of that it, it felt like he was really forcing me to discover it and if he, he wanted me to discover it it's because he wants to save me he wants me to uh, he probably has a plan right and and that was the that's why i would say the word reassuring and i felt so assured that that it wasn't he wouldn't just make something bad out of this this is going to be a good thing for me and sure enough uh, long story short i went through the surgery and all this and all that and even the doctor said oh uh, good thing you came because it was spreading to your lymph nodes wow. and when she said that i was like wow so even more <laughs> it's like one reassurance after the other um i wish i could say a better story about michaela but she passed away the december of that same year um but to us, it, it's almost like that, that connection I had with her. And, and it's almost like whatever happened to her in the beginning was, was preparing me for what would happen in the middle. It's like, it's just a perfect way of how God puts certain things in your life, right? Um, so, yeah, I guess that, that, would, that would probably conclude that story, at least for that year. Right, but because of that, I I feel like, you know, God's not done, right, with me yet. Mm. So that's <laughs> that's kind of the story of it. I mean, that's really incredible. Thank you for sharing that, Pidong. That part of 
I think just you even having the eyes to see that, right? The eyes of faith to mm-hmm. understand your role uh, and the role of suffering in your own life and how, how when you are experiencing this kind of deep suffering yourself, you're not turning inward and saying mm-hmm. like, woe is me or this is terrible and why does God hate me? But you're, you're turning it outward into how, and it's something that your parents did for you, right? They, they taught you how to offer up your suffering and not let it go to waste, right? To give, to give in the same way that Jesus did, right? Um, yeah. Even though he only had to do it for one day on a, on a cross. <laughs> I did it in five. <laughs> um, but yeah, just to, to, to get outside of yourself for the other. I mean, what a tremendous gift that Michaela was to you and you to her in that yeah. time. I think that's a, um, a really beautiful story. Um, what kind of cancer did you have? It was it was not big. It was, <laughs> it was thyroid cancer. And even what the doctor said after the fact, I, I didn't even know that it was not. Uh, it's a high survivability rate, right? Um, but when, when they said cancer, the first thing in my head, oh, it's cancer, right? Um, so I didn't really know how bad it was. Um, eventually, she did say that if you were to have cancer this is the cancer that you want to have, right? I see. So, so it was, so that kind of added to the reassurance, but, but before that, I just knew it was positive period. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And was that, was the thyroid related to the strep throat or no, did that nothing reveal at all. It? it was just, those were totally it, separate, completely separate things. situations. Wow. And yeah. Wow. Okay. It just so happened. It was right there. And because of that, they detected it. Yeah. So can you imagine strep throat? Um, you'd think sometimes we always think to ourselves, right? Like if bad things happen to you, it's so hard to, to step out and see that maybe, maybe there is a plan associated with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in, in looking back in my life, every, I've never really had a dead end, dead end, right? Everything that bad happened, when you look back, there was always like this path to something better. Every every layoff had a better job after that. You know, like, yeah. it's it's never been a dead end. And, and that's why I, I kind of take to heart whenever I hear like these songs talking about, oh, God, you're not finished with me yet. You're not finished with me yet. I, I don't know what verse that came from. Apparently it's from Romans something. But it's not really the words. But basically, that's what it is. It's to me, it's that when 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 things aren't going your way, uh, just just look out, open your eyes, and you'll see that plan unravels, and it's it's connected, right? Mm. And it's always better. Man, I feel like I'm at that age now, or I guess we're all at that age now, where I get a stomach ache and I'm. I get worried. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is the moment. You know? And then I start, and all these scenarios go through my How many head. times have I thought I was having a heart attack? <laughs> Absolutely. True. True. Oh, but, but really, back to your point, Pidong, it really is that invitation to, to open our eyes and to realize that God's got us. God's got a plan. And as you said, he's not done with us yet. Mm-hmm. He's not done with us. Yeah, man. So, you, so do you not have a thyroid anymore? Is it gone? No, I don't. I'm I'm completely at the mercy of of medication now. Uh, wow. To, yeah. So you have no thighs. So, 
Is that what that is? <laughs> no Royce. Oh, man. Uh, is, that, is that a dad joke? Is that, is that a dad joke? <laughs> yeah, is that? Uh, but yeah, I have oh, to take man. synth And that didn't affect the way that you sing. Because uh, if you guys yes, have never yes. heard Pidong sing, Pidong is like the best singer I've no, ever no, heard. Not the no, best he is, singer. he is. When I, in my young life, when, when I At had first heard you sing, <laughs> I thought there's no better singer that I've ever yeah. heard live. I would agree. Then I would agree. Oh my gosh! I melted you know, a few times. I melted. Oh yeah! But thank you for that. But you know what? It's so funny you mentioned. I didn't even think of that. But because when when after my my uh, surgery, my voice kind of got stuck in a very uh, monotone range. I and at first to me, I'm like, I was even thinking to myself. And I was praying like, Lord, if you took my voice away, because somebody the doctor did say you may lose your voice. And to wow. me, I realized that I'm okay with that, right? Mm. At first, right? <laughs> At first, I'm okay <laughs> with that. And then recovery came, and I was in the shower, and then I started singing, and I didn't realize that I sang so much. I, uh, I, I don't consider myself a singer, right? I, I just consider myself a person who probably can, can sing every now and then. And, and um, like, I got in my car, and I started singing, and and I don't, I didn't realize that I needed that voice because every time after that surgery, I would try to sing notes that I love to sing, and I realized that expresses a certain part of my emotion. It wasn't yeah. coming out. It was uh-huh. frustrating. It was really frustrating. And then my Enzo, for the first time, uh, had to perform in his school. Um, so we kind of formed this band we called Pushing Seven. Um, because it was turning seven at the time. So I kind of was looking forward to performing with him, at least backup vocals with him, right? And and Janelle, or my wife, would back up, do backup vocals. And it was frustrating. I couldn't say, <laughs> I couldn't oh, get the right notes. But eventually it kind of came back. And um, I'm not sure if it's better or worse. Uh, I guess I'm getting old, so I can't hear notes very well anyway. So I'm kind of <laughs> off. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, well, it did affect um, my singing. So, so I, I, I am thankful that it came back because I didn't realize how big of a part of me or of my way of expressing myself it is. Yeah. Yeah. So being unable to communicate clearly what's inside yeah leads to a lot of frustration oh and you can kind of see. see where you are with your daughter yeah too because that's how she's experiencing life too right yeah, and that's then right. You, and if you didn't have this experience then you also might not gain that kind of insight exactly that you're you're that you are kind of pairing with your daughter in that in that unique and special way. Oh yeah, and I think that's why my daughter and I have, and I have a, um, a strong connection. I because I'm not that I'm not a speaker type, right? <laughs> I talk, but I could do conversations. But it's really hard for me to to just give a straight talk, right? And 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 that's where my I, I would say. You know, English as my second language. <laughs> it kind of makes me relate <laughs> with my man. my daughter. <laughs> sure, absolutely, absolutely. But you're, you 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 kind of you show that you exhibit that through through your love, through hugs, yeah, through your presence, 
which is a, a lovely and thing. And even just, uh, you guys can't see this, but just the smile just beaming th- oh, through always. Um, Pidong's camera right now. I love that <laughs> smile. <laughs> well, it's so hard not to smile when I think of my family, I think. Um, I noticed that too. People say that when I start talking about my daughter, my son, my, my, my wife, my family, it's so hard for me to... Uh, we're a yelling family, by the way. It's not always like <laughs> we Thank yell you. at each other. But, but I'm sure crazy. they're all like in in like harmony. Yeah, right. other, right? <laughs> while they're yelling <laughs> and coordinated dance moves. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, that's another story, but that's later. <laughs> uh, remember, I danced for Britney Spears, or so other people that's thought. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Evidence show Free that Britney. you were. Come on. <laughs> Free Britney. Free Britney. Hashtag. Uh, even yeah, my son, you were great in that video. Thought. Yeah, it was awesome. It, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're wearing the you same to tank top, I think. I am, yeah. <laughs> well, to explain that, because, okay, just to give context, people might get really confused. Yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody said that, um, my cousin first said, like, oh, hey, uh, Junjun is, is what they call me in the family, right? Junjun. Oh, are you the guy who was playing, uh, dancing with Britney Spears? You've been dancing with her, huh? I'm like, what are you talking about? I saw you in the video. And then to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, is that, what is she talking about? And then I first saw Hit Me Baby one, one more time, That's right. right? Hit Me Baby then, one more time music video. Yeah, music video. And then sometimes came out and I'm looking at the guy in the back. He's got my hair. He's got my moves. One minute and 12 <laughs> seconds you, in, man. you can see him. <laughs> It was you. Don't hide it, even, man. Even it, even even he fooled me, right? I'm looking at this guy and I'm like, <laughs> like oh my gosh, that is me. And so you know what? Enzo saw the video like like a few years ago and he was <laughs> he like, did. Oh my gosh, dad, that's you. And then he, oh, so he, he agrees it. too. He agreed, but he, but you know, kids nowadays, they're more tech savvy, so he Googled that whole thing. And the guy's <laughs> name is TJ Espinoza or something like that. Shout out to TJ Espinoza. <laughs> I thought we were talking to TJ Espinoza this whole time. You're oh, you kidding did? me? No, no, my name is Federico Villamayor. <laughs> oh, oh, snap. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. For a long time, I was Britney Spears's <laughs> backup dancer. Backup dancer nice. and that's choreographer. Awesome. That's a great, that's a great uh, two truths and a lie. <laughs> to keep in your pocket. Look it up. Look it up. Well, Look it up. I, I'm right video. there. If I if it fooled me, I'm pretty sure it'll fool somebody else. <laughs> Ray's like, I was in a movie. Shrek, check it out. <laughs> the, the first one, the short guy. Oh, <laughs> Farquad. Or the donkey. Anyway, okay. <laughs> as as we we're, wrap up this episode, come on, guys. <laughs> As we wrap up this episode, and, and no, Pedong, if if we can ask you to lead us into um, our ending prayer, but any any last words, anything uh, that you want to express here? Really, I think the the Holy Spirit's been guiding us to talk about the Father's love for us and and how he and how he speaks to us in different ways, and we just yeah. have to kind of have our open heart, open ears, open eyes to all those signs. Any any last wisdom? I guess um, as, as a father, uh, I think, especially to the fathers who are listening, let's, let's take the role uh, 
really seriously because you know what yeah our, it's our huge contribution to society <laughs> um yeah. it's it's the key to a better future whether we like it or not it's we're really responsible for it so that's that's one and probably put in the prayer are we doing it now yeah oh, okay all right so let, let's put ourselves in the presence of god in the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen Oh, Father God, praise and thank you, Lord God, for giving us this chance to have this conversation amongst friends, amongst uh, fathers, Lord. Uh, thank you for for just guiding our conversations and and reminding us of how powerful you are, how how magnificent your plans are, how how you have this grand scheme, Lord God, that that's always for good, always for good, even when. Even when we're in so much pain, even when we're we're down financially or in our relationships, Lord God, um, you know exactly where to take us, Lord, and and just remind us, Lord God, whenever we're down in those dumps, Lord God, that that there is a plan, and to just just know that you're not done with us yet, and you have like the the better things um, in store for us, Lord. And Lord, just bless uh, this podcast, Lord. This uh, this vehicle for for expressing opinions and um, and sharing our inspirations, Lord God, as fathers with each other. Bless this, Lord. Bless Ray and his family. Bless Iris and his family, and bless all our families, Lord God. Um, as as we end this uh, podcast, Lord, and as we say, um, glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, it's now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. 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 Father, Holy Spirit. Amen. Padong, that was awesome. Guys, guys, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Guys are doing good out here. Y'all are good yeah, dads, man. Out there. That all, was great. Hey, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Oh, yeah. Happy Father's, Father's Day. Month. Father's, Father's month. month. That's, no, that's that's Mother's month. Oh. <laughs> we only get a day. No, we're getting a year this year. That's it. We're getting a year. That's we're right. Declared. Yeah, a year of St. Joseph. Come on, man. Let's, there it is. Let's keep it. Oh, that's keep right. It going. <laughs> keep it oh, going. Oh, man. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Bidong, for joining us. And uh, I'm sure welcome. I'm sure this isn't the last time we're going to have you on. We have, I'm sure there's a lot more stories. Oh man, I got I got some. Oh questions. my gosh, you yeah. do have a lot of I stories. Have so many, I have so many Pidong stories. They're some of my favorite <laughs> stories of my life. So we'll yeah, have man. to save it. And you know what? We have a lot more stories because guess what? The kids are are growing up, and there's stories to tell. Enzo has just dropped a bomb on me, and there's a oh man, I, I want to hear that. Things change. Right? You know, that's probably later. <laughs> save that one for later. Yeah. It, so um, uh, during this time, we want to make sure that uh, we promote what you're doing. What what have you been up to, lady? I know you're also uh, part of that uh, uh, worship. Is it every Saturday? Yes. Yeah. Can you talk so about that? So we have what we yeah we have what we call a, a weekly um, morning worship that started during the pandemic as a way for us to you know just continue um, with our with our with our connecting and with our faith and um, so we called it our morning worship saturday morning worship and you could find us at fcjc worship right either on instagram on facebook youtube even on spotify apparently uh, oh there you go so 
and TikTok. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's yeah, FCJC Worship. Nice. It's a weekly uh, Saturday morning. And it's really yeah. cool. It's uh, you have different guests every week. Uh, a really yeah, diverse, like you and Ray. A really diverse, yeah. uh, awesome group of people Talented. that very talented good looking folks all of them <laughs> <laughs> but you're there every yeah. week so yeah, not every week I, I'm, I'm not sure if i'll be there for this week but um we're still working on it <laughs> there you go so that's how it works yeah but that's awesome yeah i love it that's that's awesome, great man make sure uh, you. all you guys are tuned in for that one hey iris i know you're busy during the summer what you been up to man Oh, dude! So just last week, I d- DJed a young adult, a Catholic young adult DJ'd. event, and uh, next next month we got another one. So come and check it out. It's at St. Francis in Burien. Um, check out my Instagram for the details. I'll be spinning tunes, and then there'll be a speaker, and there's food trucks. It's a really cool Catholic young adult event. So it's check me out. Theology on at, tap, right? It's theology on tap. So come check nice. it out. It's um, at called to rise, or check out the details on my website called to rise.org. How about you, Ray? Yeah, continue following us on Fatherhood Arise Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Fatherhood Arise. And check out our website as well, uh, fatherhoodarise.com. If you have any comments, any ideas even for our podcast here, let us know. Uh, email us on at fatherhoodarise at gmail.com. Again, fatherhoodarise at gmail.com. Yo, Ray, is, is that uh, contest still going or did we close that contest? No, that's still going. Not a lot of people know about it. If you don't know about it, now you know. If you want to enter and uh, win a rosary, a special rosary dedicated to St. Joseph, a special rosary for you all fathers out there, all you have to do is post on your own Instagram or, or Facebook uh, a picture of you or as uh, of a dad, a Catholic dad, you know, uh, how do you say this? You say, uh, all you have to do us is you're a ca- tell us you're a Catholic is, dad without, without telling us you're a Catholic dad. Telling us you're a Catholic oh, dad. So show us you're a Catholic dad without telling us you're a Catholic dad. So all you got to do is that post that picture and then uh, tag at Fatherhood Arise and also hashtag give me a rosary. So again, tag <laughs> at Fatherhood Arise and also hashtag give me a rosary. To what about hashtag in. please? Sure, fine. Jeez, show show some respect. (laughs) You show some manners, dude. Show some manners. Give me a rosary. Give Give me me a a break, bro. You you gotta, you gotta (laughs) claim it, man. So, anyone is eligible. uh, I'm I'm eligible, so I'm gonna go ahead and post some pictures and see if I can win that rosary. There you go. Perfect. Hey, Pidong, once again, thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was great talking to you guys. Recorded or not, this would have happened anyway. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) All right, y'all. Peace. Thanks, man. God bless. Peace. Peace.